Welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Lori and I are so excited to spend some time with you. And we are going through an incredible resource that we really encourage you to pick up and follow along with us. But it's the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality book by Peter and Jerry Scasario. And we're going through this as a staff. And it's been honestly transformative. And so we're just going to be talking today about, continuing to talk today about the top 10 symptoms of emotionally unhealthy spirituality. And the topic we're going to be covering today, get ready, Lori, is Uh spiritualizing away conflict. And the example for this is I usually miss out on true peace by smoothing over disagreements, burying tensions and avoiding conflict rather than disrupting false peace as Jesus did. Now, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, no, I don't really have an issue. I don't think with spiritualizing conflict. I'm, you know, I don't look for it, but I'm not afraid to, I don't usually shy away from having a hard conversation. However, the deeper I dove into this topic, I realized I actually do spiritualize away conflict. And the conflict is not usually external. I'm, I'm okay to have a commu- like a conversation. However, internally, there, when I have conflict of emotion or negative emotions or feel like something is disrupted inside, I will dismiss it, spiritualize it, repent of it like it's, okay, God, take it away versus dealing with it, going there, allowing God to actually get to the intimate place of how I'm feeling about things. And so this is a really interesting one to dive in because it's got many layers to it. So I think this would be a good one right now to dive in. And so for example, let me talk about this one. When I was growing up, you know, we've talked a lot about how we grew up and it's been, we, I want to just preface here. And I don't feel like I always need to say this, but I am very grateful for my upbringing. I am in no way trying to throw our family under the, my family under the bus or the way I was raised by my church. We all will have things good. Like even my parenting, my kids are going to have to undo lots of stuff that I've done. It's imperfectly done. We grew up in a very much a time where parents were, our parents were radically saved going from one way of living and radically got saved and literally wanted nothing to do with all these things they had done with before because they were, it was, yeah, whether if it was alcohol, there was a lot of alcoholism in their background. So no alcohol, no music that wasn't Christian, no, like nothing. Everything became very much immersed in full on spiritual, like spiritual growth and development and discipleship. So growing up, If I felt, this would be an example of this exact question. Growing up, if I felt angry, for example, something happened and I felt angry, I would not feel comfortable saying, I feel angry. I would feel like I was sinning. And somehow that was wrong that I felt angry. And so what I would do, I would spiritualize it by repenting and confessing that I was angry just from the emotion of feeling angry felt shame and guilt about that. And then I would proceed to try to do things spiritually to almost tally up the score. Make up for it. Make up for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is kind of where, as I've looked at this question, I've recognized coming into terms with a neutral emotion is the conflict inside. And that's where the hardest for me has been to actually be in touch with the conflict inside and not to spiritualize it. And so that would be an example. And that has been a learning curve. I wish when I was younger, I don't wish it would have been super helpful if I was younger, had I known some of these tools to say this emotion is neutral, it's okay to feel angry. And actually it's super healthy to say, I feel angry because I feel hurt about this and to let 
God, get let a close friend, let God into that space. So I can actually not have false peace by somehow smoothing it over, dismissing it, suppressing it, pushing it down only to have it not contain. Cause like we've said, nothing like that contains itself spill over into something else where I overcompensated to kind of make myself feel better. So this is where I have spiritualized away conflict. I don't like not to feel good. And so I overcompensate by doing, wow. by looking good, right. by trying to earn God's favor, earn God by feeling good because I shouldn't have that negative feeling. But actually God wants to go there mm. and he wants to be the prince of peace by helping me mm. deal with it and settling it with me. Wow. Yeah. That's very good. That's where that's I would. That's a good confession though. No, <laughs> but a that's a, It is. No, but that's a really good confession and just an awareness too yeah. of like how God has, you know, set you free in that area to be able to actually embrace and look at, okay, no, this is how I'm feeling. I yeah. can own this feeling. I can state that this is how I'm feeling. I can invite God into that space and then I can be healed. Like I yes. can actually be healed and, and, and receive the true peace that Jesus came to give instead of, of the false peace that this is referencing of right. like pretending that yep. everything is okay. I think all of us can relate to having either been subject to or participated ourselves, been the, the ones that are doing this in a sense of false peace. And, and for me, how this looks sometimes is that like, I definitely don't love conflict at all. I, I don't love it. And I probably do everything on the front end to avoid a conflict mm. situation, right? Mm. So like, if I can sense that maybe a disagreement is coming or I sense that, like, I can just sort of morph myself in order to avoid that situation happening. But what happens is then I deny my own true feelings, my own true desires, my own true needs. Mm. I'll just deny all of those in order to avoid creating a conflict situation in my relationships. And so that's sort of how I've done it. The other thing that has happened, I think, in my life in regards to this is that like I'm a master at reframing things. Mm -hmm. So I can very easily just look at a situation, sort of reframe it with a different mindset or a different way to look at the conflict or a different way to look at the situation and just move on and just, and, but it's actually an avoidance. It's a complete avoidance of the conflict itself or of the disagreement or of seeing things differently. And so just in an effort to keep the peace. And I think that I like have this very innate, which again, is part of how God's created me and it's a good thing, but it also can be a, a bad thing when I enter into a false self in the midst of it. But I think I have a desire to bring peace wherever I go, to be a peacemaker, to help to bring peace into any room I walk into, any relationship I walk into. I, I can navigate it in such a way that I can be a person mm -hmm. who brings peace. But it does come at a cost, if I'm really, really honest. And there are times that I think it's come at the cost of being honest about what's really going on in the situation. And so being honest with myself about how I'm really feeling or denying, you know, things that really sh mm -hmm. I shouldn't be denying. And so then is it really true peace? You know, mm -hmm. ah, and that's mm -hmm. hard to think about for, for many, many years. I think that as I've gotten older, I've definitely um, learned slowly 
how to get better at advocating for what I need or advocating for, you know, what's important or advocating even for, uh, you know, a particular point of view, even if it is going to mean pushing through conflict. Um, but yeah, I can remember for many, many, many years, like even maritally, um, probably for like the first about seven years of marriage, like I didn't really own my feelings in the relationship. So I sought to make peace and to do whatever I needed to do to bring peace to the relationship. But actually all it meant was that I buried a whole lot of feelings for a long, long time. And what I realize now you know, we've been married 27 years now, but what I realize now is that you actually can't bury your feelings. Like you can think you bury them and you bury them under whatever else that you're putting on top of those feelings, but they don't go away. <laughs> like they never, ever go away. So you just, I feel like I've realized as I've gotten older that it's actually better to acknowledge them, to deal with them, to process them so that they can actually go away <laughs> and they don't have to be affecting your relationships with one another, with people, with God, you know, in all of those spaces. But I definitely am still a work in progress, you know, in this realm. But I think the thing that's really striking me is this idea of false peace and where have I allowed or um, even what's the word like um, except settled for? Where mm. have I settled for false peace when really there's an actual deeper space of true peace from Jesus that comes from being authentically known, intimately known, like engaging in that intimacy with the father, that intimacy with one another in relationship, being intimately known and finding true God-given peace. Like he it, it, the scriptures say that he gives a peace that passes all understanding that we can't even fathom. And I know that we've all walked through difficult situations and felt a sense of spiritual peace in the midst that you're like, this is not normal. This is miraculous that I have this sense of peace. But I just wonder where have I settled for a false sense of peace in avoidance of, you know, not wanting to deal with something or wanting to sweep some sweep something under the carpet not wanting to hurt someone's feelings, not wanting to, you know, it's so yeah, it's a very interesting conversation. It is an interesting conversation because even as we're talking about spiritualizing away conflict, you know, it is this fine line for me sometimes when I've wanted to share how I feel, but I am so attunely aware of like, I, I don't want to say it where I would s gossip or, and I feel guilty after. So I'd rather be like, like, what if I say this and I don't say it right? And even though if I'm in a trusted space and I need to somebody to say, I feel this way, I have to literally force myself because I actually have a religious spirit. Now, what I'm saying here, once again, is it's really important to use wisdom. Yes, we are not to gossip and not to slander and to... Because usually conflict is with people, okay? This yeah. has to do with people. Yeah. This yeah. has to do with things happening. Yeah. And so it's Our easy. relationships. Our relationships. It's really a fine line. And I'm being very honest here. Like sometimes even being a Christian, well, you're not a Christian. Okay. So give, give, give okay. me an example of like, so you're, you're thinking of like, you're in a conflict in a relationship. Yeah. 
and you need to process that and and you need to, need to talk it. about it and okay. i want to talk about it okay and what i would do in the past is i would talk about it with the lord or not even think about it i would think about it a little bit and then i would just be like okay but god what you're telling me to do is i've got to love i've got to be kind so i'm just gonna let that go forgive me i don't want to be upset and that's like your spiritualization of the situation yeah and okay. then i would just overcompensate by doing more and being nicer and busying myself with something else to make me feel better about it that I'm not as bad of a person or I'm not feeling that as much so it really is I don't want to be feeling negative I don't want to be feeling that emotion so really in the past couple of years I've actually said to Jay I'm like I need to say out loud how I feel and I I am in no way I have to say this out loud even I don't I'm really afraid that as I say this I'm going to be gossiping or slandering and I, if I cross the line, you're going to have to let me know, but I have to get some stuff out. Now, I'm not telling everybody this. He's a trusted person. I know we went on a trip not too long ago, a little road trip, and I confessed something to you, what I was feeling. I actually have to intentionally say how I'm feeling because I don't do it because I am so, I'm actually feeling like I'm, I'm slandering, I'm gossiping. I'm actually saying how I feel and I have to say it, but it's really, really hard for me because that actually, I go right into guilt. I go right, right away. I have sharing remorse. I have, I shouldn't have said that. I should have just dealt with that with the Lord or just let it go. Why is that still bothering me versus no, I've actually, that's not peace. I'm actually not receiving peace. And yeah, there is a time where you're holding on to something and you need someone to say that's enough. Like you've got to let that go. But however, for me, it's a very disciplined thing now to actually say, I need to say how I feel and I need you to let me say how I feel. And Jay and I in our early marriage, because we're a lot alike in that way, we would say we would almost try to make the conversation shift it to be positive versus now we're really trying to say, how do you feel about that? How does that make you feel? How And there's things now coming up in our conversations that were like 10, 15 years ago of a situation or a relationship or something that happened that now we're able to say, you know what, actually, when I think about that, I still actually feel really hurt by that. And I never was able, felt the freedom or the liberty to express it because I felt like somehow I had to contain it because that was the better thing to do. And that was more spiritual. Wow. And I'm still dealing with that. How spiritual is that? That is an example of false peace. That's not false peace. I still don't have a res a resolved laying down surrendered place in that okay god you got to go there and i got to surrender that let you go why that is like that's there so that is where initially when i saw this question i think even on the question i was like i've no i don't have issue with it i don't love conflict but i don't have issue having hard conversations but then i was like wait a minute <laughs> actually i do have a lot of issues inside having negative conflict for sure that's very, wow. That is, that's so, so, so good. And I think we can do this, this spiritualization in so many ways. I think that it looks so different for every single person, both when we are the recipient of an over-spiritualization of yeah. conflict, yeah. you know, we're on the other end of that or whether we're the ones that are doing it. We can do it in so many ways because we can take the scriptures and we can make them say what they're not. I know one thing that I have fallen into again and again and again and again, and it probably stems back to, of course, like, you know, being a firstborn, you know, having expectations of like, always having to set a good example, you know, it starts in the home, right? Set a good example for your siblings, set a good example. So all of a sudden this gets ingrained in you and you're like, everywhere I go, I have to be the one to set a good example. And what is it to set a good example? Well, it means that I have to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness all the time. 
that's the fruit of the spirit. I have to literally, that's all I can show or I'm setting a good example. And I have felt this weight even sometimes of like in the realm of the negative emotions, like you're talking about of sadness and fear and anger that I felt this like pressure of those are not godly. Like those are not, mm. you know, love, joy, peace, mm-hmm. patience. Those aren't. So I must be setting a bad example if I'm entering into those spaces. Right. And I have to project always a good example and almost like this, like weird, weird responsibility for all of Christianity. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, like, I totally you take do. this like weird, like I'm the poster child for all of Christian. Now, I don't actually think that, okay? But it's like in a weird oh, way, so you almost feel this like I'm misrepresenting Jesus if I show anything but love, joy, peace, patience. And, you know, love is kind. Love is like in all the all the qualities of love and all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am not all those things. Definitely like at all, like not at all. But somehow this pressure to try to project and that's just, I mean, we just pick up. Those are all part of our false self. We just stuff we pick up from. These are very unhealthy and over spiritualization mm. of actually dealing with what is really going on Mm. in our lives and probably like for me about 12 years ago 13 years ago like my mid-30s I went through a really really like a breaking point like I just came to a breaking point in my life and it was as a result of so many different factors there was lots of factors lots of undealt with pain that had come up over the course of probably the previous 10 years Um, just pain that I pushed down and didn't really deal with. And to be honest, I guess if I'm really honest, I spiritualized it. I just over spiritualized it. God will heal. Like, I don't need to talk about it. I don't need to, God's just gonna, well, yeah. How do you think God is going to heal that? Right. We have to actually get it up, get it out, process it, talk about it. Um, And I remember at that time, like I knew things had to change. Like I just kind of hit the wall and felt like I had come to the end of, I couldn't do life like that anymore. I just couldn't do life like that. It was, you know, you could call it burnout. You can call it whatever. There's all kinds of words for whatever was happening. I wanted to leave ministry altogether. I was just done with, I think, carrying the weight of being the poster child for Christianity. (laughs) that I have put on myself. Trust me, I wasn't a good one. It wasn't like, I'm not saying like I was excellent at it. I'm just saying I felt this right ungodly pressure to, I don't even know, perform, I guess. And it just hit, um, yeah, I just hit the wall at that time. And I think since that time till now, it's been a much more intentional journey Mm -hmm. of recognizing when I'm doing that. It's not that I don't still do it. I do still fall into it because again, my flesh and my spirit are constantly fighting inside of me, right? Constantly sort of battling out, how are you going to do this? But I think I'm much more aware of entering into these spaces. And, And there has been a shift that I now, and over these last like, yeah, quite a few years, like I recognize wait a second, like my feelings in and of themselves are not bad or good. Mm -hmm. They're just feelings. And there isn't actually bad feelings. Mm -hmm. There's things that make me feel bad. (laughs) Like I don't like to feel sad. It makes me feel bad. I don't like that. 
But that feeling of sadness is not a bad feeling. That's not, there's not something intrinsically wrong with that feeling. That's a feeling that I have because something sad has happened. Something hard has happened. And so to embrace that and acknowledge that and let myself feel that, like those are so much healthier and make me such a actually better person and a more even a better poster child right like entering and engaging in those spaces and so yeah that's been a little bit of my journey on in this realm but I think one of the things that I see again and again and and it's interesting when we think back to our families of origin our home of origin similarly to you you know my parents were radically also saved um you know sort of just one day and it's, it was like from darkness to light mm. and so it and I think it was also part of the teaching of the 80s and 90s and sort of how people fleshed out their faith there was such more of a focus on the external and mm. not as much of a focus on the actual being space and not as much of a focus on the emotional health space so I think that naturally created this like over spiritualization of everything to compensate for lots of pain that had happened Mm. in all of those years before that salvation moment that needed healing that needed to be dealt with Mm. and so what ends up happening is those pain cycles get repeated in then the next family and then the next family and so I can just see today that like part of my motivation for dealing with these things that I d- are hard and painful and I don't really want to go there. It really is so that I don't inadvertently pass those on to my kids because mm-hmm. I will, if I don't mm-hmm. deal with it, mm-hmm. I just hand it over to my kids. Wow. Emotionally. I, and, and we don't, we, it's unseen. You can't, you don't, you don't acknowledge it. It's not seen, but we, without dealing with it, we just literally hand it over to the next generation in one way, shape or form, different parts of that brokenness. And then they get to sort it out. And so how much better would it be to serve our kids and our families and our churches and our friends and our relationships if we actually allowed all of that to come up to the surface, deal with that, talk about it, process it, let God heal it so that we actually can enter into like an authentic faith and we don't have to pass on all that brokenness to anybody else. We don't have to carry that with us our whole life, pass it on to, you know, other people and then have them have to deal with the effects of that. Because the reality is, it's affecting our relationships, whether we acknowledge it or not. It is. It's there. It's present. It's fully present. If it's not healed, it's fully present. So I think that's, we just have to own that, right? Wow, Lord, that is so profound. I don't even know if there's much more to add to that. Mm. That is actually so profound. And I, I think even in like kind of as we're closing up this conversation, I, I do feel that a message I would have loved to have heard when I was younger when we were talking about emotionally healthy is you may you may struggle with some of the same things like if it's you know maybe for example anxiety maybe there's just been or fear and you all you feel anxious a lot like it's just been something like meaning like you're you might struggle with this your whole life yeah your whole life right that it's not just something to fix like when we're saying god's a prince of peace yes he is the prince of peace and there is a desire for that to be totally taken away however in the journey of life it's that we have somewhere constantly to go. So it's not that we'll just fix it. It's not that you'll never feel it. It's the fact that you recognize it faster and can surrender it and release it. 
That's what we're talking about here. And that for some is moment by moment. Sometimes it's situation by situation. And sometimes it is a one and like God deals with it and it's done. But we all have things in the emotional space that resurface and resurface. And for some, it's a daily moment by moment journey that they have to constantly work through. And I just want to say that's the courage we're talking about. The courage is not looking to say, wow, I'm still dealing with some of this emotional, whatever it may be, whether it's fear or inadequacy or insecurity, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. this unhealth, perfectionism, striving, whatever, you name it, anxiety, put your, your, your fill in the blank. Yeah. Addictions. addictions, For me, perfectionism and striving, approval of man. Okay. There, there you go. There's my fill in the blank. I will have that. I've had that in my DNA, like since I was young. It's been there. It's not something that's ever been fixed and gone. I've had different things that God's totally taken and I have had seasons of that and I haven't had it and God set me free at contended space. However, some of these things resurface and resurface in different ways in my emotional. And when I'm emotionally unhealthy, these are some of the things that come to the surface where I start to act out of instead of actually letting God deal and go there. However, the difference is I recognize it and I surrender. Do I always recognize it soon enough? No, I'm still a work in progress. However, it's not just fixed and gone. There's things in our emotional space that we will have to always work through in different layers. It's kind of like a constant. But you know what? The beautiful thing, the hope is, it keeps us depending on God. It keeps showing us that when we are weak, He is strong. It's not for us to have false peace, false strength, false, whatever it may be, but to actually take on the true strength. And that is the true presence of God intimately meeting us there and re-surrendering that space, re-surrendering that emotion, being open, being with him, inviting him into the negative part of that and saying, God, I feel this way. What do we do about this? What do you want to do in and through this today and to teach me through this? Because I want to surrender and release this. I can't carry this. I need your help. And so be encouraged today that even as we're talking about emotionally health, it's not meaning it's just emotionally get fixed. <laughs> no. It's being emotionally right. healthy is recognizing the journey you're on yeah. and letting God inviting him into that space. Yeah. I think that's so good. I think what you just said right there is the exact opposite of over spiritualizing Hmm. those inner conflicts it's the exact opposite it's actually having a a spiritually mature approach to our unhealth to the emotional world right and and actually approaching that with some um acceptance imagine if we just actually accepted not accepted like resigned but accepted that no like this is part of the struggle in my nature Mm. and I can accept that because God is sufficient that exact scripture that you just mentioned came to my mind like when we are weak he is strong well if we're never weak if we have no weakness how can God's strength actually be made known inside of us how can it actually how can we have the fullness of the empowerment of the spirit if we can do everything in our own strength like this is the part I think of our humanity that God is inviting us to embrace and walk with him, the invitation of being with him is Im- about mm. embracing those spaces of weakness, you know, and even you and I, like, here's another just conviction. I think this is our awakening moment, honestly, for this podcast, but like you and I so often, and we're both like this, I'm like, oh Lord, help us. But we despise 
our weakness. Mm. We despise it. We talk about, we're like, oh, like we're so, like we're so, we despise it, you know? And it's like, I wonder if it's actually about getting to the place where we don't despise our weakness anymore, but we can just literally embrace, but invite the strength of God into that weakness. Just acknowledge it, mm. invite God's strength into it, and just live out what he's called us to do in obedience to him. Like it doesn't, I don't think it has to be that much more, you know what I mean? Complicated. And I love how you said, yeah, some things God's going to just lift from you. He's just going to set you free. I don't know why it just, ha- he's going to take, you know, he's going to put his finger on something and he'll set you free from it. And it's supernatural and it's incredible. And other things you're just going to have to navigate throughout your whole life. I don't know exactly why. I don't know exactly how it all works, but I'm pretty sure that most of it comes back to a dependency on God, like Mm. learning how to have a complete and utter surrender and dependency on God. And if we have no weakness, if we have no spaces to lean into that, then why do we even need him in the first place? Right? So I think that's part of the invitation. So thank you for sharing that. Mm. I think that's really freeing uh, for a lot of people and a lot of us because because the reality is we feel like we're not good Christians because we struggle with these things, right? That's Mm -hmm. the kind of Mm -hmm. over-spiritualization message. That's actually false. It's not true. It's not true at all. So it is about like recognizing, okay, what are sort of my cyclical things that I navigate? What is that that battle, you know, inside my spirit and my flesh that kind of go on? And how do I say, okay, I accept this as part of, and I invite God, your strength, you know, to strengthen me in the midst of this and, and, and embrace that, mm. embrace that weakness, not be ashamed of it and not despise <laughs> it. <laughs> There's oh. our word for today. Oh, embrace it. Embrace it. Mm. Yeah. But that is beautiful. So may you be encouraged today. And as you wait upon the Lord, <laughs> you will renew your strength. And uh, what a beautiful promise that is. And so bless you and thanks for joining us today.